0: From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 164. This week's episode is brought to you by lynda.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts and pen chalet. Great deals on high-quality pens with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by the wonderful Mr. Brad Dowdy.
1: I am happy to be wonderful today, and I, I am joined by the wonderful Mike Hurley. How are you today, Michael?
0: I am very well, my man. How's it going over there? Good, good. Can't complain. You know,
1: it, it's Monday. Mondays are kind of a tough day for me, but it's kind of the best day of the week at the same time. So, you know, I kind of plan and cram everything for Monday, you know, got a new post on the blog, got to make sure the, um, you know, show notes are ready, make sure I'm ready for the podcast. And oh, by the way, you know, I've slept all day. So <laughs> <laughs> Monday is a weird day for me. I got to get ahead of the game pretty well, but uh, I've, I've been doing a, a good job. Cram it all in Monday, and then I, I kick back and have a drink on Tuesday.
0: Good man. Yes, sir.
1: So what are you, what are you kicking back and uh, writing in these days? You, you got something new on the way?
0: So, I'm not kidding. Advertising works. Uh, I went to your site today uh, mm-hmm. to read your uh, tier one pens post that we're okay. going to talk about a little later on. Yes, that'll be and, our kind of our
1: main topic today.
0: And I saw the Baron Fig sponsor. Oh, right, right. okay. Right up front and center. Mm-hmm. So I went to their site and I bought one of these WorkPlay limited editions. Nice. You know, I looked at it and I was like, I can see where you got that idea. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that's what I thought. And a lot of people talk about these things. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, the Baron Fig seems to get a really good rap everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, uh, outside of the initial problems that they seem to have that we spoke about a long time ago, mm-hmm. with their review units that they were sending out, like the glue was was it wasn't working and stuff like that. Right, if I remember rightly, there was problems with the glue and stuff that they sent.
1: Yeah, they had a couple minor issues in the early going, nothing that no no deal breaker type stuff, and all stuff that they like jumped on like yep. and fixed. So, yep. which is good to see.
0: Outside of that, like. I see and hear really great things about them, and mm-hmm. like a lot of the people that I know that are not pen people, mm-hmm. uh, use these and and swear by them. So I thought this looks nice. Like I like a lot of the features about it, like the open flat stuff, and you know I like the blank on one side and like a grid or whatever on the other side, because mm-hmm. I really love my arts and sciences. So I figured enough people are using these that it's probably about time that i give one a go so i ordered one of the black limited edition workplay confidants great
1: i'm interested to see what you think i think this will be uh something i would like to pick your brain on once you've had time to spend with it because it's a little bit different than some of the products that i've used before and i don't mean that in a good way or a bad way Mostly a good way. You know, I like the the design, the feel, the aesthetic. Um, You know, it's well put together. The paper's really good. It's a little bit off on like really wet fountain pens. Like if you're like really laying on the ink, it doesn't work so well. But like most of my fountain pens, when I tested out this edition, it worked really well. And actually when I tested out the the three-legged juggler, which was the yellow color, their first limited edition of the Confidant, I didn't think my fountain pens performed very well at all, and it was, like, consistently poor. And when I tested out this one, it was consistently good. So I actually emailed them. I was like, hey, what did, you know, I'm writing this review. I want to know if the paper changed because I'm getting better performance out of this book with fountain pens than the last one. And they said no, the paper hadn't changed at all one iota. So... You know, that just leads me to believe, you know, it, it's a fountain pen thing, you know, where we've talked about millions of times. It depends on the ink, depends on the nib um, and, you know, what type of results you're going to get. And depends on the paper. Um, so I had I must have had something that was bleeding and not working real good when I tested it out before. And this time I had a batch of pens that were kind of set up. Uh, better to to work well in this notebook, and uh, I've quite enjoyed it I've actually been journaling in it some which is something I don't do um, But you know, I like the layout and uh, I, I like putting my thoughts down in it and I've been carrying it with me
0: See I, I bought this one because of the paper layout um, But I actually prefer the look of the standard one to this workplay one I want to see them go a bit further with the design for these limited editions Mm-hmm. Just black is not very exciting. Like mm-hmm. they should have put that work play, like iconography that's on the box on the book. Yeah. Like I want to see them go a little bit further with this. So yep. I yep. figured I would get one now, and then you never know. Like I might become like a champion of them, and yep. you know, and then we can we can bug them. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know, I know that you, I know that obviously you you have a good relationship with them, and and many people do. And it's a great company because they're small, and I like that. And that uh, they kind of seem to be making a a bit of a splash, and that's really cool. So yeah. I figured that it's about time that I gave them a go.
1: And they're very adept at the public facing stuff. You know, like the social media stuff. If there's a problem, they jump right on it. You know, right. if there's praise, they're thanking you very much. You know, they're they stay on top of everything. Um, they're a very positive energy type of company, which you can you can kind of tell that just in, in my dealings with them. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm certainly a fan. Cool. All right. Um. So I was talking about how, you know, I, I, I just woke up <laughs> not too long ago, as I always do on Mondays. It's not like it's a surprise. So I, I always stroll out to the mailbox. Um, to see, you know, what's new in there. And I don't think I have anything that I'm waiting for. I don't have anything on order. No uh, no pressing items. And I get this this envelope um, on there from Mike Dudek. And Mike sent me some stuff in the past that just shows up. Like, hey, I've made this. I want you to look at it. He doesn't email <laughs> me beforehand. Stuff just shows up. <laughs> uh-huh. So actually, I didn't think twice about it. And I was like, oh, cool. Mike sent me something else. I can tell it's, it's one of his... Uh, one of his goods in there. Um, Then I open it up and out pops this block.
0: <laughs> with, with I'm like, what's going on?
1: I don't realize. I know what's happening here. <laughs> with the Relay FM logo on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what did what did Mike do? And this is Mike Dudek, not Mike Hurley. And I'm like, what did Dudek do? This is really sweet. And I'm like checking it out. And then there's an envelope with a letter in it. So I open the letter. And out comes this letter. I, I should take I haven't taken a picture of this. I'll take a picture of what we'll have in time for the show notes. Yeah, please do so that. So people can see what we're talking about. So I pull out this letter and I know what this letter is. It's uh from our friend Sarah Holbrook, aka Candy Spotting, who does the uh the laser cut cards. She made you some um, like thank you note cards, a laser cut relay FM with the logo on it, which is just really slick. So I'm like, how did do that get these cards? I, I still don't, I still haven't figured this out yet. And then I finally open up the letter and it's a note from Steven on the top of the letter and a note from you on the bottom of the letter. And it was really just a thank you for being a part of relay for believing in you guys for, for coming aboard. I actually, I hadn't had my coffee when I started reading this letter I actually got a little bit teary. I'm not going to lie. It was a, a very meaningful letter and you know, I, I did, uh, get a little, uh, watery in the eye. And, uh, I, I really appreciate you guys doing this. You're, I'm so proud of you guys and I'm excited to be a part of this and I'm excited for what the future holds. I mean, I feel like you guys are just scratching the surface. So this is great. I, I, I so. thank you very much for doing that.
0: So you're the second person to, to get it. Ah. Uh, because basically what it is, we commissioned the dude, uh, mm-hmm. to create, Blocks these wooden blocks of our logo that we're sending to all of our hosts, and some mm-hmm. people that have been instrumental in helping us get this started, because mm-hmm. we are uh, under four weeks away from our one-year anniversary. Wow! So that's awesome. We wanted to just do something to commemorate it for for a couple of reasons. I wanted something for myself, mm-hmm. um, and to to commemorate it, uh, and I thought. And me and Stephen were talking about it like a little gift, and then the two things kind of locked in my brain. I was like, Ah, oh, I have the cards because I've never used the cards. Um, because I I, we had a bunch of those made Sarah sent us a bunch, and mm-hmm. then I asked her to make me some more, which she did, which she's very lovely like that. Nice, and nice, then nice. Uh, yeah, and so we used those, and then I was like, oh, But I want a little thing, and I was like, Ah, I know. Dudek, and he has been fantastic to work with, Uh, and he got it sorted, and we got everything sorted out and done, and yeah, I'm thrilled of how it turned out, and I can't wait to get mine, I'll probably be like the last person, (laughs) but uh, yeah.
1: That's funny. I mean, I'm literally, I'm just like working myself through this envelope. I'm like, eh, Dudek's done something cool. And it's like, oh, what is this Dudek thing? I was like, why is he sending me the Relay logo? And what's this letter? Why would Dudek send me a letter? Oh, (laughs) I got it now. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So uh, I have posted uh, to my Instagram feed whilst you were talking, um, so everyone can jump on there and see it, and we'll grab it for the show notes and make sure it's in there so people can grab it. But it's, it's super, super cool. All right, so I lied a little bit last week, Mike. I said I was going to finally get caught up on some of the STPA TPA questions, and we had such a, we had a rousing episode last week. That's been one of my favorite episodes we've recorded in a while. It just kind of worked on all kinds of levels for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it went so long... And here I was before last week's episode thinking it was going to go short. I don't know if you remember me saying that uh, before the episode started. Um, but it um, we didn't get to it, so I had to cut it out last episode. So we're taking it right up front this time, Mike. And uh, so let me get into a few of these questions that I've been uh, owing answers for for weeks. weeks. Yeah, everyone, please keep sending these in via Twitter. Uh, hashtag is AskTPA. And uh, just send those in. We get the questions. I pick out a few of them to answer. I can't get to all of them. Some of them I'll answer straight on Twitter. Some of them I'll pull off and and ask to the show. But always keep them coming. And if I don't get to answer your question, hit me again. I'm glad to answer questions all the time, anytime. So let's hit it. Would a stub nib be appropriate for an architect who only uses block lettering in the office? What about an architect nib grind? This is from Magpie on Twitter so i think the stub nib would be really good i think it might even be preferable um the architect nib from the times that i've used it has been hit or miss a little bit in the angle that you hold the pen it's a little bit more finicky than a stub it's not as straightforward because it's exactly um 90 degrees angle changed in how you write the output might be better it's getting used to writing with it. That would be the challenge. The output might be more directly, you know, drafting, engineering, architect-related. And it, it's funny that we held this off till till this week. Um, our friend Mike Dudek, who we already talked about, just got his uh, vanishing point with an architect nib, and he made it look spectacular. So now I'm gonna have to get one of these, and I'm already talking to uh, Dan Smith, who did um, who did Mike's nib grind on his vanishing point. The results look spectacular so i'm picking out a pen now and i'm gonna get this done just because i've seen it so many times i have the same handwriting style as mike dudek so i think it would work well for me i've just you know it's just one of those it's just one more thing do i need and um i think i'm finally ready to uh make the junk and jump and get me uh architect nib grind people are going
0: crazy over these in atlanta
1: yeah um jeff has one um yeah, I, I, sat uses him, a lot. I
0: babysat it for him while Masayama was, was doing it because <laughs> he, he had to go deal with some baby related things.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then two or three other people got them done while we were sitting there at the show uh, from Mike Masayama because we were like caddy corner from Mike. So we we could see him going and uh, people were telling us what they were getting done. And Masayama even said a thing. He said something to the result of, look what you guys did. <laughs> did kind of thing (laughs) and so it was kind of funny but would it be appropriate for an architect I mean by the sounds of it you think it would be ideal but I think it's a really I want to say it's almost unnatural in the way you write with it you have to get used to it so I almost think a stub nib would be a little bit better to be perfectly honest with you um you can get or a cursive italic nib you can get the same Um, style of writing Um, the lines width and thicknesses will just be opposite from each other so Mm -hmm. all right uh justin r bannon says i'd love some show content about buying things online without testing or sampling products compared with a shop front that's actually a really good question
0: yeah i don't know why we've never spoken about this before
1: yeah and so You know, I don't necessarily have, you know, a black and white answer, but it's kind of the reason why I started my blog. Right. And, you know, coming up in November, I'll be doing this blog for eight years. And the reason I started putting this stuff online was I couldn't find those answers. Yep. You know, I was going through what Justin is assumingly going through now. He's like, well, I see all this stuff. I don't know what's going to work well for me. I mean, I hate to say it, but you kind of got to go through, <laughs> you got to kind of read a lot online, you know, look at the, all the pen blogs that have pro- pro- proliferated over the years, um, you know, look at a site like uh, Pinnaquad, who is um, Ian Hedley's kind of search ag- aggregator for the pen community. If you're thinking about a type of pen, throw a search in there, see all the pen blogs that have reviewed it, kind of get a feel, and then like, you'll hear from me, who, Talks about, okay, I write in a print block style lettering. These pens work well for me. You know, Anna at Well Appointed Desk is a lefty with a little bit of a hook. These pens work good for her. And you can kind of see who fits your style the best. And then you can have a little bit more trust in what they're saying would might be a better fit for you. And then you can try a couple things and find out for yourself. There's so much content out there these days. Um and using a site like uh, Pentaquad.net to narrow it down, you know, pick one or two pens, um, throw in a search, read some of the results, and go from there. There's no easy answer, um, but the content's there, and you know, you just got to go out there and and read that. Our friend uh, Tony Scullambrini from Everyday Commentary he asks, can you compare the durability and fit and finish of an Edison? To a Twisby this is a super interesting question because you cannot compare them one iota. Nope, they are not even remotely similar pins. and I say it's interesting because I actually think this is probably a common question that no one has asked why you know why is an Edison pin you know one hundred and forty dollars and why is a Twisby pin? you know, sixty dollars. And you know, it's not necessarily by price, but what makes Twisby this and what makes Edison what it is. The Edisons are all handmade, hand turned, or machine turned, you know, with um Brian Gray's uh skills. The acrylics are really nice that he uses Twisby is more of a machined plastic barrel pen. They're really so different. Um the only thing that's even close would be the nibs. Um, 'Cause I they might both use Joe nibs, I'm thinking. Which is which works because that's probably one of my favorite steel nibs. But when you're talking about comparing across pin brands, it sometimes get tough. It gets tough. Like I can you can compare like Sailor, Pilot, and Platinum. They were all built around the same time. They all have the same legacy. They all have kind of the same lineup of pins with starting at entry level and graduating up the same steps kind of have the same features. But then when you get to something more custom like Edison, it doesn't compare to anything like a twisby at all. And I don't know that that answers your question Tony and we can elaborate on this more and you know you know maybe I can do some some pros and cons of Edison and pros and cons of a Twizzy one day, but they're so different there's not one thing that compares. And they're both Good in their own right, yeah, um, he asks about durability. I mean, Twisbys have more durability problems, they also cost half as much yep i it's it's really impossible to make that kind of comparison at all.
0: if you know a pen company to be reputable, right mm-hmm. so if we talk about them on this show in favorable terms, then you can really only compare pens that are in the same price bracket. Like you could compare Twisby and Lamy, for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. Um or because they're relatively close in price in some instances. You could make the comparison between the two of them about mm-hmm. what you prefer. But when you look at something like an Edison, it's you can't compare Twisby and Edison together yep. because Edison pens are way better, uh like material wise, durability wise mm-hmm feel and fit and finish and everything about them really yep. you know that they've got more heart more soul to that and you can feel it if you especially if you know the story mm-hmm. um but the reason for that is because it costs like two three four times as much right yep so you're getting what you pay for exactly
1: exactly so here's a question i have that comes up a lot and i actually had it in my inbox Um, From a different uh, listener um, on the same type of problem, uh, Cav on Twitter says, Why is it hard to find 5x8 paper? I have a portfolio I love using, but it's too narrow for a 5.875-inch wide pad. Ask TPA. So my answer that I wrote in the show notes, I said because the U.S. is self-important. And... My meaning is the U.S. does not conform to international paper standards, which I think the entire rest of the world does, except for the United States, and I think it's one other country. So when you hear us talking about paper sizes like A4, A5, A6, those are going to be more common to find in your portfolio sizings as well, because most of these products are getting made outside of the U.S. So. You have a hard time finding it because there's very few U.S. paper manufacturers that are making good stuff um, in 5 by 8 So, you know, look at the stenos from like field notes or dome paper or write notepads. Um, they might do 5 by 8 When Jeff and I decided to make the steno pad for Knock, we decided to go with the international standard. So ours are A5. So it's got that little bit different dimensions. So the question I had in my email was basically the same thing, but substitute five by seven. Um, And that's even more difficult to find than five by eight. Five by eight, you can get a lot closer than uh, five by seven. So anyway, it's because the US thinks they're right in measurements um, when they're actually wrong across the board on their measurement standards. And I'll get a lot of hate mail for that one. (laughs) So why don't you save me, Mike?
0: Yeah, this is probably a good idea to take a, a break. How about that? <laughs> okay. This week's episode of The Pen Addict is brought to you by lynda.com, the online learning platform that houses over 3,000 on-demand video courses that can help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. You can get yourself a free 10-day trial by visiting Lynda.com/penaddict. That's L-Y-N-D-A.com/penaddict. lynda.com slash penaddict. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash penaddict. lynda.com. Is for people that want to solve problems. It's for people that want to make things happen for themselves, for curious people, people that want to learn new things. Maybe you're looking to work out how to do income taxes, right? They have yeah. courses like that. Trust me. Yep, as well as courses on stuff like Excel or on like Photoshop and stuff like that. They have Illustrator courses. They have uh, marketing courses, business courses, getting things done courses. No matter what it is that you want to learn, maybe software, hardware, or just like fundamentals of thinking in different ways. Like, for example, maybe you want to learn a bit about typography and color. Lynda.com have all of these courses. They can help feed the curious mind that you have. You can watch and learn from people that are absolute experts in their field. They're super passionate about teaching, they love doing what they do, and they just wanna help you learn. And you can stream the courses that they create On demand, you can learn at your own schedule, at your own pace. You can learn wherever you want with their Android and iOS devices. And their courses are broken down and structured so you can watch them from start to finish or consume them in bite-sized pieces and jump in and about as you like. You can create and save playlists of the courses that you want to watch in the order that you want to watch them. And you can very easily browse each course's transcript to follow along with what's being said. Or later on, if you want to come back and search for an answer and skip to that point in the video, it's really easy to do that with their awesome transcript feature. Your lynda.com membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics, all for just one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or you just want to learn something new, I would really love it if you'd visit slash penaddict. That's L Y N D A dot penaddict. You'll be able to get yourself a free 10 day trial by visiting that link, and you'll also be helping to support this show. Thank you so much, lynda.com, for their continued support of the Penaddict and Relay FM.
1: All right, Mike, so this next little bit is why we had to cut out the ask uh, TPA from last episode, because I figured it, it might result in a fight, and it very well might. So our our good friend John Bemis at J Tower 42 he says, uh, it, this is actually directed at you. It says, as a guy who uses fountain pens and field notes, do any additions hold up particularly well that aren't America the Beautiful, Traveling Salesman, uh, Workshop Companion, or Shelterwood? What say you?
0: So this is a really difficult question because different people are they are <laughs> sensitive in different ways to, mm-hmm. the, to the way that this stuff works. So I know that there are people that don't like the way that Field Notes performs in or the way that fountain pens perform in Field Notes notebooks. Mm-hmm. They are way better in the ones that have the thicker paper. That's <clears> just a <throat> fact. The thicker the paper, the better a fountain pen will perform on bleed through. But the thing is, like, I find the, so- watch as I love the thicker paper, thicker ones because of that, I find the thinner papers to be softer of fountain pens. So it feels better in a different way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think that a Field Notes notebook, any of them with fountain pens, except for, like, the specialty papers, like the Expedition Edition or whatever, they are perfectly adequate. Mm-hmm. And I like to use them and love to use them so much because I love everything about the company. So I find their paper quality to be good enough with fountain pens in some instances great. Mm -hmm. But... I think that it's better than some of the other stuff that I've used, but there's so many other reasons for me in which I love them. Like I've said before, like I love their portability, I love their design, um, I love that they always open flat when I want them to, right? Like There's just these little things about it that I really love about Field Notes. And your mileage may vary on how you feel that a, a fountain pen would work in them, but... Whatever i found in using medium nib fountain pens with reasonably good drying ink with any field notes is even with bleed through, you can use them on both sides because I have and have done for years. Like I just have done that. Like it is not impossible. They are perfectly good. Um And, and I think that if you enjoy them, if you like them, then you should get them like I do. And I am very happy and continue to use fountain pens with my field notes notebooks.
1: You answered that wonderfully i can't even fight with you on that that was an excellent answer and to your point this is what we discussed up top with the baron fig you're gonna fight there's you're gonna have to find the right fit for the non-70 pound paper field notes um which i have found in some of mine like i remember using the pilot prayer fine nibs like Japanese fine nibs and a good drying ink i generally have really good success with those in the non-thicker paper. Workshop Companion, I think, out of even the thicker paper ones, that one's been far and away the best one uh, for fountain pen I've really enjoyed writing in fountain pens in that one. Um, but yeah, I, you know, there's no particular edition. Most of the paper's the same in all the other editions. So it's more the pen and ink choice, and it can be found. And I also go back to um, our friend of the show Dwayne Lively made a post one time and I'll have to go find it for the show notes but I I refer to it frequently it was basically about owning the like the show through on the paper like that's part of the experience right you're putting your eyes ideas down worry about your ideas that you're putting down on the paper not (laughs) what's going on on the paper itself you know embrace embrace the bleed embrace the feathering Mm -hmm. and um you know, just when you're done with it, look at it. You know, as a big picture thing, and you know, love what you've created. And it's irrelevant how all this stuff performed on there. And uh, that was a really good post that he wrote. So we'll try to find that for the show notes.
0: What website was that?
1: Um, gosh, I forget the name of his website, but it's uh, I can find it. Um, okay. I've got it. I've got it saved off somewhere. But it's uh, whatever. Uh, Mere blather is the website. So we'll okay. uh, we'll find it afterwards. Um, and Dwayne might, uh, he might tweet it to me. I don't know if he listens. He might be asleep. He's a, uh, he's a Hong Konger. So, or no, I'm sorry. He's a Japaner. He's over in Japan. So he might be asleep right now. All right. Last, uh, ask TPA. And this is, um, rolls into a topic I wanted to discuss anyway. It's concerning the DC pin show. So Eagle, Eagle geek says, do you recommend weekend trader passes or just Saturday, Sunday for the DC pin show? And then also, more generally, can the general public get in on Thursday and Friday? DC Pen Show's website is less than helpful. So let's talk about this. Schedule-wise, the DC Pen Show runs Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday is trader only. That doesn't mean the public can't get in. It means you have to purchase the more expensive trader pass. So for the Friday, Saturday, Sunday pass, it's $45 for the three days. And you get in Friday ahead of the public crowds. And talking with Lisa Van S, who has been schooling me on all things DC Pin Show, she says it's really good to go on Friday because it's that's where most of the the pins, a lot of pins are changing hands those days. Just because traders are getting around, it's a little bit quieter on the show floor. You know, lots of good stuff is happening, lots of good stuff is available on Friday. Saturday and Sunday, tickets are seven dollars each day. That's just general public admission. Those days are Lisa says packed to the walls, like line to get into the, uh, event, like, you know, just hundreds of people waiting to get in and it's super crowded. So is it worth it to buy the trader pass? That's totally up to you. Um, you know, it it is much more expensive. You, you would pay those 14. So it's 31. Basically, if you're going Saturday and Sunday, you're basically paying $31 for Friday. Um, if you're going Saturday and Sunday as well. um, On Friday evening, we're going to have a pen attic meetup at the show. And I'm working with the promoter right now to get one of the ballrooms at the hotel. So we don't have to do anything off-site, which is good. Um, We're looking at beverage selections that hopefully we're working to see if we can get someone to provide them. But this is going to be... It's not yet finalized, but it's going to be kind of on the show events calendar. So I hope everyone who's planning to come to the DC Pin Show can make it Friday evening. I don't have the time and the full details yet. I hopefully to have that solved this week. It's going to be kind of a big deal. We're trying to get a lot of people to come. Um, I know a lot of people are traveling to this show. Um, A lot of our friends from the Atlanta Pin Show, Mike, are going to be making this show. And I hope everyone can make it Friday night. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a big event. Um, and I don't know, I don't have any like extras planned right now. You know, there's no podcast or video or thing going
0: on. I'm not going to be there. Just, yeah, Mike's not going to be there. Unfortunately, Uh,
1: but it's going to be, I think pretty large and pretty fun. So, um, yeah, I I think it's going to be good. So put that on your pen show calendar. If you're coming to DC Friday night at the hotel, there will be a pen addict meetup. And uh we'll have more details as I get them, so uh working on finalizing that,
0: yeah if you missed Atlanta and you can make this, make this,
1: yeah, you really, really should. It was mm-hmm. a real special experience mm-hmm. um, and I'm glad that we can kind of repeat it so soon. It's gonna be great, it's gonna be really good, and I wish you could be there, and I know everyone does I know. but uh there's always next year, yep, all right. Our pen blog of the week this week <laughs> is not the first, not the second, not the third, but the fourth launch of our good friend David Brennan <laughs> of a pen and ink website. So just Davy B, you all know him. You've heard me talk about him a million times. He's done a three questions on the the pen addict because I think his uh ink data ink and nib database tracking is always um. Something I point to. And so he's restarted up a blog again for the fourth time. And I want to put in um I want to talk about his guidelines he listed out this time. So he made a post called The Guidelines. And this is just his personal feeling. He says, I have five guidelines when it comes to my pen, nib, and ink collecting. Number one, a pen or nib once in my collection never leaves. We're going to talk about that more in this episode. Number two, an ink once in my collection will only leave when it's empty. Number three, every ink is suitable for the office. Some will just portray you as being more extravagant than others, which I love that. (laughs) That's great. Number four, you have not truly lived until you have used a good custom ground nib. I can get behind that. And number five, the words too many, too much, or too expensive never apply to your pen, nib, and ink collection, except of course on the occasion your partner starts to look for a good divorce lawyer. So words to live by Michael and uh so we'll we'll see if uh Mr. Brennan uh continues on with this blog. I always like reading his stuff. Um he's got a massive uh collection of Pelicans and I think he's up to like 250 280 inks, something like that. And he has a system where he goes through okay, it's 279 bottles of inks right now, 116 nibs and 90 pens, 38 of which are Pelicans. So he runs these through a database to see which pen and ink combination has been uh, the longest used and inks that up. It's really cool. So check that out if you have not seen it. All right, we ready to get into the main topic? Sure am. All right, so we've talked about in a couple of episodes now, kind of, sort of in passing, about a Tier 1 level of pens, where we've talked about yep. how many pens is too much, how do you decide what pens to sell, do you sell any pens... Um, just like I just read David Brennan, he doesn't, you know, that's, he has a defined way to collect pens and use pens and that's his way to do it. A lot of people will maybe purchase a wide range of pens over the span of a few years. And then as they use them over those years, they realize that some become favorites and are always inked up and then some don't get inked up as much. And how do you determine that? And what do you do with those pens you're not using? Do you sell them? Do you give them away? Whatever. So, you know, I came up with kind of, a try- how, how would I determine this for myself? Like, what would make me sell a pen? How should I determine whether a pen should be sold or whether I'm using the pen enough? And I decided to tier them. Like, I made a tier one of pens, which I posted on my blog today, which is a list of pens that are like the most perfect for me. The way I use them, the way they feel, the way they're built, the way they're designed. They fit me. The nibs on them. It's really, it's, you know, this is about myself. This is not telling other people what pens they should buy.
0: Yep. Because we've been um, talking about this for weeks and we kind of came up with this term a few weeks ago when we were talking about Jelly, mm-hmm. right? And we started yeah. talking about tearing tier- system.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. And I think it was with Joe Crates actually. Was it with Joe? Yeah.
0: Okay. It was with Joe. Yeah, then. I'm pretty
1: sure it was with Joe. And then I think we did carry it on in in, in the conversation with Ed. So yeah. it's like the okay. same kind of conversation has kind of been, uh, you know, permeating through the, these episodes. So I wanted to get it down in writing. Yep. Like here's my thoughts on building this type of list. And w- if I had to put it together of my collection, what would be my tier one pin? So I, I wanted to put that down. And so I kind of think about it in a way where it's basically what pins would I miss the most if they were gone? You know, like, either just irreplaceable or meaningful that you know the one particular even if i could replace it easily it wouldn't have as much meaning the new the replacement pin wouldn't have as much meaning these are the pins i would just not consider getting rid of at all so do you want me to go through my list or did you have something to say kind kind of about that
0: i want you to go through the list but i read the blog post today um mm-hmm. And I want to pull out a couple of things that I found interesting because you mentioned it there, and this wasn't something we really spoke about before, but Mm -hmm. there seems to be a lot of sentimentality displayed in this list that I wasn't expecting. Mm -hmm. Um, That it seems that uh, there are a few instances like the 3D Edison and your Murex, which you said, Thomas gifted this pen to me towards the end of my fountain pen education and it may be my single favorite pen I own. Didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I definitely didn't know that I don't know if I've ever heard you say it before that the Mirax is your favorite mm-hmm. um and i I like the sentimentality, but it's interesting to me because f- what it shows is that for you there's more to tier one than performance exactly um, because you say for example about the Lamy two thousand it's not in your list because it's always available mm-hmm. and you said that um like it kind of, well it kind of felt to me like you were saying if I lost any of the tier ones, I'd be gutted. Yes. So clearly, the Tier 1 list is very different to the best list.
1: Yes, very. Yeah. Very, very different. And that's why my Tier 1 list is reasonably small. I think I would have seven pens. Um, Whereas, like, if I was coming up with a Tier 2 list, that list would be gigantic. You know, that's a huge list. And then whatever didn't make that Tier 2 list is probably in... I guess you'd call it tier three. And those are the pins I'd probably consider that I'm not using very much. And maybe I should sell them, give them away, do something else with them. Right. Mm-hmm. So like tier two would end up being like the Lamy two thousands, like all the other pilot pins that I love and the sailor pins and the platinum pins that I love and all the Twisby's and Kavecos and things like that. So let's go through this tier one list. Um, you know, I'll make, I'll make a couple comments on the pins and that, that I chose why I chose them. And, um and, and we'll go from there so the I, there's no ranking within tier one they're just all essentially the same they all have the same uh, meaning to me and they're all equally um you know as as meaningful and as useful to me and the first one I wrote down is my Nakaya portable the AO tamanuri one the black with the the green that shows through um this is easily the my favorite of my nakayas I have four nakayas This is my favorite because I worked really hard for this pen, Um, not just in, you know, saving money to purchase it, but working hard in, you know, learning about the brand and deciding what would be best for me. So I felt like I put a lot into this pen and I was nervous actually buying it because I put so much into it, Mm -hmm. but it delivered, (laughs) you know, so (laughs) that was like, whew, (laughs) that was $800 well spent or whatever it was. Thank God, you know, I was, you know, it's, you're nervous about it till you get it. Is it going to live up to everything that I built it up to? And, um, it, it did. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad it did. And, uh, I, I love that pen. the pilot Murex, like you said, um, you didn't know it was my favorite pen. It is. I, I think it's probably the one pen. If, if I had to put a number one on this tier one list, it would be that pen.
0: Didn't know um, that. Like that yep. is surprising to me.
1: Yeah, and I don't ink it up that much, and I don't know why. Um, I should. It's certainly a durable pen. I mean, it's a stainless steel pen. It's gonna. It it can handle it. It just writes well. It just means so much to me. It's a pen that long ago when I started liking fountain pens, I saw this just like the Nakaya. I saw this Murex and went. Wow.
0: Yeah. I want one of these. I've always wanted one of these since the first time we ever spoke about it. Mm-hmm. I looked. At, I've looked at both pen shows that I've been to, mm-hmm. and I haven't been able to find
1: one. Yeah, they're they're hard to find. You can right. find them. People ask me where to get them. I mean, you can look on eBay and Fountain Pen Network classifieds. They pop up from time to time. Um, they they run like in the two to three hundred dollar range, depending on the condition. Um, but yeah, I I really really like this pen. Um, you know, if I just had one pen, uh, to For the rest of my life, I'd probably pick that one. This one surprised me, even myself. It's the Pelican M405 with a 0.2 millimeter Japanese extra fine nib. There's something about this pen that I gravitate towards this pen constantly. It's got the tiniest, finest gold soft nib. Like this is a pen I don't know that I would let other people use because the nib is so fine and so soft, but I really love writing with it. And you know the M four the four hundred five the Pelican is can be replaced any time, but this nib that I had Mike Masuyama grind, and it was my first Pelican. It kind of uh, it's kind of an important pen to me, and I I really really like it, and it fits someone who writes tiny like me. Um, you know I I really enjoy that pen, and that's you'll, you'll find that like the Murex is a tiny writing pen. Um, one I'll talk about in a minute is a is another teeny tiny writing pen. The Edison Menlo 3D, which I've talked about before, um, it's my red and blue Menlo that uh, Jeff um, had made for me when we started Nock as a thank you for starting the company. So not only is it a great pen that I enjoy using, it's uh, it's super meaningful in, in the thoughts. And you, you kind of see, like you said, there's kind of a theme here, right? You know, there's a lot of meaning behind a lot of these pens for me. The Newton Shinobi, I wrote uh, when I wrote it down, um... I said, is this recency bias? And it could be. But I'm having a hard time putting this pen down so far. It's been mm-hmm. several weeks. Um, I start writing with other pens. And knowing that I have my Shinobi inked, I stop writing with them and grab the Shinobi. So that's kind of telling me a lot about how I feel about the pen and how it fits me personally. You know, when the nib is a fine cursive italic, I can write a really small line with it. And it, it just... It kind of fits me. You know, I had to help and I obviously designed it. You know, I picked out the colors and the nib and how I wanted it set up and things like that. So, you know, I've got some personal uh, touches into that pen. So um, we'll see as we go if that remains in the tier one. It's still new, but I feel already like it's going to be that important to me um, going forward. The Pilot Vanishing Point Black Faceted Pen is... Besides the Murex, maybe the coolest pen I own, um, it gets more comments. I get more comments on that pen than just about any other pen, probably even more than the Nakaya, more than the Murex, just because you don't see them a lot. Um, and it's when people actually get to use it and they've used another vanishing point. It's so different in feel than the other vanishing points. It's actually a plastic barrel, which is kind of a trip compared to the uh, the brass barrels these days but it's such a unique looking pen, and I really love using it. And I, I would hate to see that one go. And I wrote down that this might be the toughest to replace if I actually did lose it. I think I could get another Murex before I could get another black faceted vanishing point. And the last one on the list is a very common pen, to be quite honest and has just made it over to the US Since the Pilot Custom Heritage 912. But this one has the PO nib, which is the posting nib, which is that Really hard fine nib that kind of hooks down and writes. It basically writes like my Pelican extra 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 fine nib, but um, in a stock nib. And this one is one of those pens that I went, holy cow! This is made for me. Like this is this is a Brad pen <laughs> if there ever was one. Um, you know, I rarely recommend it to anyone because the nib is so extreme. Um, I've actually I actually bought mine from a reader who bought it, didn't like it, and I hadn't ordered mine yet, so he's like, "Would well, you just want to buy it off of me, and I'm like, sure, yeah, I'll take it off your hands, so that's actually how I got this one, so, you know, is there a common thread between these? Kind of like you mentioned, there is some, you know, stories behind these pens, you know, it's definitely been a journey in in some of these pens, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how the list turned out, it's not overly large, I don't know that I can think of anything right offhand that didn't make the list that should. I think probably like the next thing that would make the list is like my pilot Vacumatics, just because they're so cool looking. I really enjoy them, but I don't use them as much. Um, I wrote that in the, um, in the end section on vintage pens, like the golden web that you bought for me and the Vacumatic i bought previous years, the gray and silver one. I love those pens and I actually use them a lot at home. I don't take them out a lot. I don't take them to work a lot. Um, those are probably like the next two out from the pe- from the list. I also didn't include things like gel ink pens, um, mechanical pencils, things like that. Only because, not because they're not awesome. Like I thought about including a TI2 tech liner because that's what I use. I use that pen almost daily. One of the ones that I have. And I just feel like, you know, I can get another one. If something happened to the one I have in my hand right now, well, I can just get another one. You know, if I lost, um, you know, my vanishing point, I'm going to be like, oh my God, where's my vanishing point? I really want that pen back. It's kind of a different thing. It doesn't mean pins that aren't on the list aren't awesome pins. You know, pens not on the list are ones I would recommend more than what's on the list. What's on the list fits me personally the best. So that's that's kind of the whole thing about that.
0: Cool. Cool. Yeah, so I like I'm, that. Uh, yeah, I'm I, pretty happy I, with how it turned out. Yeah, I have my own list and I, I want to, before I give my list, I, I want to do a little preface about the sentimentality thing and how that okay. applies to, to what I've done. Uh, but before we do, let's take a break. Yes. This week's episode is brought to you by the Pen Chalet. You know the Pen Chalet. They sell authentic, amazing rollerballs, fountain pens, ballpoints, mechanical pencils, and so much more. They have all of your favorite brands like Monteverde, Pelican... Lamy, Pilot, Namiki, Sailor, and Kaweco. They're an authorised dealer of all of them, and they believe in customer satisfaction at their very core. Pen offers their great stuff at a 100% satisfaction guarantee. This is backed up by their very fast and reliable customer service as well. At Pen they're always adding new styles of pens. Every single month, they have new stuff going on, and they also run discounts twice a month, and they have closeout specials every two weeks as well. So, they're adding stuff, and they're getting rid of the stuff. They're it's great. They're a great place to find new things. They're a great place to get older things at a great discount. As well as all the brands and types of pens that I mentioned that Pen Chalet have, they also have all the accessories you're going to want, like carrying cases, pen holders, refills, fountain pen converters, and so much more. They sell internationally. They have very reasonable shipping rates on that as well. But if you are shipping within the United States, you will get free shipping on orders of over 50 so go to penchalet.com and this week you want to use the code penaddict anywhere on the site and you will save a special 15% on any order. So that is our special deal this week with the Pen Chalet. You will get 15% off anything that you buy, which is really great as you're listening to me and Brad list off these great pens that we love. Hear any of them. If Pen Chalet carry any of them, you'll be able to go there and get 15% off. But don't forget, as always, click that podcast link at the top of the website, enter the password Pen Addict. You'll see some other savings and some of their stuff there only available for Pen Addict listeners. But you can also continue to get your 15% off for this week. On any of those as well. Thank you so much to Pen Chalet for their continued support of Relay FM and the Panatic Podcast.
1: Can I make uh, one comment on Panchale?
0: You please can.
1: So, our last time they sponsored it, what, two, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. I was kind of tripping over my words on the price of the, the, the new Rhodium uh, Platinum uh, 3776s. Mm-hmm. And I bought one um, <laughs> the day after the show. I bought one, I bought a uh, broad nib. In the 3776, I am. It's really good pen. It's the one I've tested before. One of Thomas's older platinum 3776. It's a. I felt it was a really really lightweight pen, which is fine. You know, a lot of the um, the initial gold nib level of Japanese pens, Pilot, Sailor, and Platinum tend to be a lightweight pen, and most of the price is in the gold nib. This I felt, and this is just anecdotal I didn't weigh them because I don't have the other one I felt this had a little more weight behind it and it was actually more enjoyable um writing with it because it wasn't too feather light this is uh really really good so I I'm happy with this 3776 I got um with that and just uh, a clarification the coupon code is podcast when I pull up the page I don't know if you said pen addict or podcast there was a confirmation in the uh chat room but the coupon code for this week for 15 percent off is podcast
0: cool so maybe the best thing to do uh is to just go to com. you want to hit the podcast li- link at the top mm-hmm. type in pen addict and you're going to get your 15 percent off that way
1: exactly so when you type in pit at pen addict in the radio podcast link it tells you what code to put in to get the best deals from pen excellent stuff all right so i tasked mike with homework um as I try to do sometimes, um, you know, when I'm talking about a specific topic, I want to get your take Mike on the same topic and you know, how you're thinking about, um, something like a tier one of pens. So, so what do you got?
0: So sentimentality. Mm -hmm. Now I have some that I didn't really factor that in too heavily. It wasn't something that I thought about when I was putting my list together. Um, there is, in some elements, there is a little bit of that to the stuff that I've chosen, but it's nowhere near as prevalent as the way that it has been through your list. Yeah. Uh, look, because there are pens that mean stuff, mean a thing to me that are not on this list. And that is gifts from you and gifts from other people are things that are extremely important to me and they tend to be, like, you know, looked after and... We're taken care of in, in ways that are different from my other pens, but it that isn't what I necessarily consider as my tier one. Mm-hmm. So for my tier one. Uh, I have I have picked some of the stuff that I consider to be the best that I own. These are the things that um, have either been extremely hard for me to acquire over time. Uh, they were either, they maybe were very expensive. Uh, they were maybe things that I was after for a long time. Uh, it's maybe stuff that has surprised me or stuff that that ends up meaning a deal because of how great I think they are, basically. So mm. my tier one is kind of made up a little bit differently to yours mm. but is also a bit harder to nail down as to the overall reason for why something's been picked
1: right right well i'm I'm looking at your list and I see a lot of these pins and I'm like maybe I should have put that on my because it's a, some really really awesome choices so go go through a few of these choices and uh and,
0: and tell me about them yeah, so I don't, I don't, think that a lot that there'll be any surprises here, but I'm going to go for them anyway. So no,
1: I think there, I think there, there's a couple that I, I, there's one in particular that I forgot about and remembered how much you actually love that pen. So I'll, I'll tell you when you get to it.
0: Okay, so one of them for me is the this is actually probably number one is the Sailor Pro Gear. Mm. Um, so this is this does actually holds some sentimentality. I bought it in Atlanta. It was my big purchase when I was there for the pen show. But I love this pen. It's in Pen Addict Orange. Uh, and black, and it just delights me. It is... I love this pen. I never would have thought I would love it as much as I did. It's just so perfect in every single way. Um, If you don't own a Pro Gear, you should buy one. Uh, I've actually put... So my links in the show notes are are basically going to various places on the internet that I've found. You can actually get one from Pen Chalet, and you can get that 15% off, so you should uh that's
1: yeah that's not easy to to get on a sailor uh
0: so i would suggest that you do that um because the the pro gears are just fantastic i'm a huge fan of the pro gear and i love mine so much uh the next is the franklin christoph model 2 now uh i bought this again in atlanta uh, but for me, this isn't even so much about the way that it writes or the way that it feels to write. Whilst it's it's good, I mean, I have pens that are better than it. I just love how this thing looks. So yeah. I have, like, the smoke and ice <laughs> with my blood red ink sloshing around inside. And it's like, that thing is awesome. Like, <laughs> it is awesome. It makes the list because it is super cool. And I love it for that. So it's like, you know, for me, it's just like it sits on my desk and it looks great and I'm a big fan of it, and I enjoy using it whenever I pick it up to use it. It's fun to use in a way that my other pens aren't, like, because there's so much going on here, it just looks so badass that I really, (laughs) really like it.
1: Yeah, I I could have a whole list of just the Franklin Kristoff stuff that I like. I I, I always have something inked up um, just because I like
0: them so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then my Edison Menlo. Um, It's a, a beautiful pen, and It writes fantastically, but again, this one probably, more than anything else on my list, holds a sentimental value. There is a bit of sentimentality to mine, but it wasn't the reason that I picked them, you know? Uh, But this is just an excellent pen. Like We were talking about Edison pens earlier, and they are absolutely fantastic, and I love mine because it was so bloody expensive and I'm very happy with it because this, more than anything, is my pen. I yeah. designed this, what design, you know, I requested a design for this pen. I <laughs> procured you, the materials <laughs> for this pen.
1: You procured the funds. You you pimp job this pen.
0: Yep. And then I took it with me to another country and had the nib then ground to the specific way that I wanted it, trying it out. So it, this is like the Mike pen. It's yeah. like, it is completely 100 percent mine i chose everything about it so that's why and but i do think that edison pens are fantastic the menlo i think if you love pens you should have one because it's so weird and different you know as as a as a system for filling a pen um so i think that that's a great a great choice for anyone uh then the lamy 2000 is on my list because i think it's I think that the Lamy 2000 is the best pen made by a regular manufacturer.
1: Yeah, I I could agree with that. I think that's probably a lot of people's number one pen, regardless of
0: anything. Because, so the unlike many other pens that are on my list and your list, the Lamy doesn't really share any characteristics with anything else. Mm-hmm. It is very unique. Very unique. Like, the material it's made out of, I've never used it on anything else. And it doesn't feel like anything else. Mm-hmm. It's got that awesome little clip with that lovely little spring mechanism in it. Um It looks really different. Like, the way that the, the nib is kind of mostly hidden in the grip area. It has the little window. And possibly... Uh, not possibly. Without a shadow of a doubt some of the best features in build quality of any pen that I've ever used. And for me, this is exemplified in the in with the filling system and it has that at the end that you unscrew. Yeah. When it is screwed up, you cannot see a seam.
1: Yeah. It it's seamless. Um yeah. both both the seams on it are are seamless. You really have to <laughs> hold it in the right light to see that's how yep. that's how well it, it's it's made.
0: Uh, the Lamy 2000 is a pen that should exist in the high tower of every single pen addict. Yep, it is. It's it's that good of a pen. Again, pen shall I have them? Uh, then the next one for me is the Pelican M205, which for a long time was my number one pen.
1: This was the one. This was the one I had forgotten about and what all you did to this pen and what all you went through in making this your own pen. I forgot totally about this story.
0: So what, what did I do to this?
1: You added a nib to it.
0: Oh yeah, I did, didn't I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the, the, it's the not M205. a it's not a
1: it's not a stock M two hundred five. You bought a gold nib. See, I remember yep. these things.
0: Well, this one as well is is awesome because they don't make it anymore. This was a mm-hmm. gift from Mister Hall, who yeah. comes up so much, right? Right. <laughs> He's the best. Right. I love Thomas.
1: I've, I made a shout out in
0: my post today for him. Yep. Yep. Uh and he gifted this to me, um, I think it was like it was
1: this is the blue stripe model,
0: yeah, this is the biggest it's gift I've ever received. It's a beauty uh from from like a pen addict listener or whatever, and now Thomas is a friend now, but at the time, like I didn't really know him very well, yeah, um, you were
1: a little uncomfortable, like wow, this is, like, yeah. a lot. <laughs> it felt
0: like too much to receive. Right. Um, Because, you know, this this is an expensive pen. Because like, I ended up, like, I looked it up and I found one and saw how much they were going for on, like, nibs.com. And, and mm-hmm. it was an amazing gift, but I was like, oh, man. But, you know, now I, I, yeah, and then I wasn't completely happy with the nib, so I went and bought a gold nib for it, which was really expensive. Uh, <laughs> and... Yeah, this pen has has been a has been a like a long time favorite, and now, uh, it has Pelican Green highlighter ink in it. Ah, oh, cool! Just for fun. Yeah, basically. that's a good ink. Because I don't use this as much as I used to, so now I put the highlighter ink in it, so it gives me more of a reason to use it. And whenever I do pick it up to use it, sometimes I forget and I start writing, and it's like luminous green.
1: Yep, so yeah, that's cool. <laughs>
0: Uh then one I had to I had to put this in for a couple of reasons. is the Karas Customs Ink. Yeah. I thought um, for sure
1: this would be on your list. I, this is good good call.
0: Because what I love about the ink is kind of twofold. I've picked the fountain pen version. Uh, mm-hmm. okay, be, because I really love the fountain pen. Really like I'm surprised how much I love the fountain pen. Yep. Because obviously, you know, the, the The one that takes the Retro 51 refill is equally excellent and is kind of, you know, it's like perfect for me because it has that refill in it. But the fountain pen version I am just so thrilled with whenever I use it. Um, And it is difficult for me to choose between the two of them, so I might maybe double double up on this pick. But what I love about my Karas Customs Inks is like you buy them and I match, match, mix and match the colors up. Their stuff is made so well. I mean, we talk about them all the time. But and, and, my, and my favorite of their products is the ink, and and I'm very, yeah. very fond of mine, especially because I lost it for so long, and then yeah, it came exactly. back into my life. You know. <laughs> so that's all. That will always have a special place in my heart. Now the next two, this is the recency bias for me mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I can't choose between them yet. Which <laughs> is the Colt Pens mechanical pencil and the Rotring 600. One I, of I love these that, two,
1: I love that you put these on here. I honestly do. I think this is great.
0: One of these two is super important to me now. I think, I think the rotaring is winning, mm-hmm. but I haven't made my final decision yet because I still miss the double knock mechanism. Um, but I love these. I love how it's changing my opinion a little bit on just stuff. Right. So yeah, I'm very, very happy with uh, with my mechanical pencils. And yeah, I, I'm a big, big, big fan of them. And they're definitely one of them now sits in that tier one, but I just haven't completely decided which one yet. <laughs> uh, and then of, the obvious missing thing is the Retro 51, mm-hmm. but I can't pick one of them. Yeah. I, hmm.
1: So, like, Gun to your head, you you can't just. There's not just one.
0: Well, I mean, if there's a gun to my head, then I'll pick the the first one, my orange one. Okay, okay. for the sentimentality of it, but it's not my favorite one. I don't know if I have a favorite. Maybe the bamboo. I did. Yeah, get you my, talk about uh, that one a lot. Yeah, it's very special, and it like it's it's different. It's a bit bit fatter, and the material's nicer. It's got a better weight to it in some instances. I like it a lot. But my uh, space shuttle one has, has arrived. What's that? The Space Shuttle Retro
1: 51. Oh, sweet. Yeah, that, you know, I need to get that thing out and use it. I I haven't started, it's sitting on my desk. I haven't gotten that out to use it yet. I've been kind of inundated recently. That's such a cool looking
0: pen. Yeah, it looks fantastic. Yeah. Really, really great. But yeah, it's difficult for me to to, to pick it. And it doesn't, these days, I, it's not a tier one for me anymore. The Retro 51, like it. You know, I will always have a special place in my heart for that pen, but I'm never I never like am excited to use it before I use it anymore. Right,
1: right. And I I found as I was putting together my list, the more I had of a certain pen, the less likely it was gonna make that list, right? It's just yep. not as special when you have several of them, mm-hmm. which us <laughs> pen addicts tend to have several of of many pens, so Yeah. Yep. Well, that's great. I I really like your list. I think you I think it's okay. actually it, it's a good mis- mix of um, you know, quality, usability, fits your style and sentimentality. It, it's it's kind of a great uh cross-section of all that. So, and uh actually while we were um while you were going through your list, uh Mr. Dudek um, texted me. He said, "Nice post today. One question, can I have your faceted cap list when you are dead?" what's so So, special about that one it's just hard you just don't see him everywhere Um, so I just laughed at him and uh, no he can't have it it will not be willed to him (laughs) 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 alright so good I I like this exercise and whether it's going to lead to action for me as far as okay what's tier 2 and what's tier 3 and do I need to sell off a few pins things like that maybe so I don't know I haven't committed past this But I wanted to solidify this because I've been, you know, it, this kind of thing comes over time, right? Like I couldn't have done this two or three years ago. It would kind of been a a pointless exercise, but now I've kind of learned what I like the best, what fits me the best personally, what fits my writing style. You know, those are the kind of things that, um, you know, we talk about a lot, you know, you got to find the things that fit you the best and you know, this was kind of a way to kind of put mine down in writing. And uh, I, I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. And I think yours looks uh, great as well.
0: Thank you, sir. If you want, we've got a long list of show notes, including all of those pens, and you can find those over at relay.fm slash penaddict slash 164. Thanks again to our sponsors this week, lynda.com and Pen Chalet. If you want to find us online, there's a couple of ways you can do that. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, on Twitter and Instagram. Brad is at dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M, on Twitter. He is penaddict on Instagram, and of course, writes over at penaddict.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. Until then, say goodbye, Brad.
1: Goodbye, Brad.